0: LALI Hello, and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week, but definitely not celebrating, are David Forrest. David, hello, how are you?
1: Oh, I'm miserable. I hate seeing Thistle win, it's terrible.
0: Rhys Haldane's here. Hello, Rhys, How
2: are you? Aye, uh, not too bad, man. Another good three points for on the roll now. Mantri Singh
3: is here. Hello, Mantri. All right, good to be back, man. Finally.
0: And also joining us are, is Jamie McDonald. Jamie, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Good to see us get another win. Hopefully start of a run. Certainly is. Uh, so for, the, I think, the first time this season, I might be wrong, we named an unchanged starting 11. Mo Sen and Yang started at centre-back again with Darren Brown late. Partly down to injury, but also partly down to good performances last week. Bruce, what were your thoughts on the starting 11?
2: No complaints at all whatsoever. Um, I deserved uh, unchanged 11 because... Didn't really have any faults last week. I thought, to a man, we were all good last week, the full starting 11. So, now nah, I was pleased with it. And then, as obviously shown today, it's it's starting to look a bit consistent. And that's something we've lacked in a long time. Like, we can't really get a run of wins in, like, the same 11 every week because it's chopping and changing. We can't get any form going. So, it's good to finally get back-to-back wins and back-to-back clean sheets so the defence will be getting more and more confident. Penrice is really coming on a game at left mid now. I thought it was brilliant again today. Same with Foster. You see these partnerships are starting to to, starting to gel because obviously the other week with Cardo and Williamson and then Penrice and, as I mentioned, Foster really starting to build up good partnerships. Doherty and Banigan as well, they were brilliant again today. So, yeah, I'm pleased. Starting to love them is brilliant. Jamie, what were your thoughts on the performance today?
4: First and foremost, it's a great three points. I mean, uh, first half, I thought we looked dangerous going forward. I thought Montreal seemed a bit shaky at the back. Uh, we got an early goal, which is our first goal from a corner since we scored score than Morton the 28th of December last year. So it's good to find finally go rid of that who do. We caused them problems in the first half. Uh, I think it's great we're now picking up points, especially on the road, since we hadn't done that yet. Uh, we just need to be a bit more clinical in games now, to be honest. But uh, I'm obviously happy with the three points. Second half, we tailed off a little bit, but we saw the game out and got the win. Obviously, Montchos did waste quite a big chance, but we also had a chance with uh, Penrice, uh, who had his weaker foot kind of sliced wide. Could have possibly had a penalty in the first half as well when it was given against Penrice, but overall, I was really very happy with the team. I mean, Murray and Doc were the standouts for me today. I mean, they didn't really put a foot wrong all game, I don't think. Murray was passing a got out of there, Doc was bossing the midfield with Banzo and got involved in the goal and almost scored himself as well. That would have been a fantastic solo goal and being cleared off the line. I think him and Bandit's partnership is growing every week. We can see it's getting better. They do Boston midfield in pretty much every single game. Uh, like I said to you guys in the chat, I think Foster's looking better every week in that left-back role. He seems to be a lot more suited to it with Penrice playing in front of him. Echoing what Reese said about Penrice, I think once again, he looked good at left-mid. I mean, he is a good player technically. I always thought going forward he was a good player, uh, good with the ball at his feet. So I think he's actually sitting that role quite well. Williamson and Cardo looking at danger as per than the right today, especially Williamson. I thought he was really good going forward today, constantly causing the monstrous players, uh, monstrous bad line problems. Uh, Senna looked a little bit shaky at points, but I mean, that will happen. He's young, he's learning. The more game time he gets, the, the better he'll do. Kieran Wright didn't really have much to do. I think he made about two saves, but he did well. I thought he came out and collected the ball quite a lot. I was pleased to see how he was doing. And uh, yeah, I was happy with everything. Obviously, Cove drawing with Airdrie opens things up nicely at the top, so. Onto the Martin next week hopefully if we can get more three points at Far Hill then we can start climbing up into that top uh, three to up to top spot.
0: David we've kept three clean sheets in a row now in all competitions that's the first time we've done that since March 2017 on our way to finishing in the top six. But two of those clean sheets in the last two weeks have come with Senna and Brownley at centre half. What have you made of their partnership and their performances today?
1: Yeah, I mean we, we were quite critical of like, Senna, you know, in the past and stuff and he's really came into his own finding his feet. And obviously he's still young, he's got you no know, time to go and stuff like that, but he really has he came across uh, recently, him and Brownley together to the point where when all we eventually comes back. It's not a guarantee he's gonna get back into the team straight away because Senna and was absolute top class last week. Done really well this week, obviously. A Couple of wobbles and whatever, but he still looked pretty solid in the same way. Brownley, they they have a good partnership, and I think it will do Senna a, a world of good to just have that that guy partnering with him. That's got a bit more experience and a bit more to him um, to have him next to him and stuff. And we always mentioned last week a, a bit Senna in terms of Ian Bateman was talking about how everyone always coaches Senna from the side, and he always takes on coaching and stuff like that. I think forming a partnership with Brownlee is actually really, really good for that, and that I think they could, they could become quite close because of that. So yeah, no, I'm um, really impressed with what they uh, they've been doing, coming on leaps and bounds. And again, I, I don't necessarily think it's a guarantee it all where starts when he comes back.
0: I totally agree. Um, I think when we were critical of Senna, it wasn't even of him himself. It was the fact that he was being played in the number ten role at Cove, and it totally didn't suit him. And I think you make a good point about his partnership with Brownlee. When he did play in the number 10 role, he's playing that role himself. But when he's playing centre-back or even centre-midfield, he's got a partner alongside him to talk him through the game. And I think, as Ian said last week, people talking him through the game, whether it's somebody next to him or coaches on the side, really help him. And he is making, he's making a couple of mistakes because he's a young centre-half. But overall, a really encouraging performance from him. Do you think, we've also got McKenna coming back, David. Do you think Senna is going to play long-term at centre-half? Or do you think McKenna or, or where will will slide back in?
1: Well, uh, yeah, it's a tough one because, I mean, you look at it and you're like, well, where, where do you really put him instead, you know, in terms of, you know, you can't really put him into sort of a midfield role or something. You've got Doherty and Banjo doing that sort of defensive midfield role. You've got that down pat they're doing really, really well. So it's, it's a bit tough, but I don't know. Like, it, it, it's, again, we, we talked about it at the start of the season. You know, it's a good thing to have when you have selection issues where you've got too many players or whatever. It's never a bad thing. But I could absolutely see Senna making a case for him to, to start over O'Ware and, uh, and McKenna. Definitely, because I think he's just, became on really well and he's taken on feedback. And yeah, he's absolutely proven. Because I think a lot of us had doubts about him. Maybe, obviously, because he's quite young and stuff like that. You you maybe thought, you know, there's a player there but he just needs to be filled out a wee bit and we've seen him being filled out and it's tough to call, to be honest. Manfrey, I'm going to ask
0: you about Conor Murray next. I know he was he was good last week at home to five. I thought it was his best game today. I've been playing football manager a lot recently so in football manager terms, when you tell a player to stick to position, he never left like the width of the 18-yard box at all today and I thought that really helped his performance because he was pressing the two centre-backs with Graham and everything that we did, especially in the first half going forward, came through him, and I thought it was by far his best performance today. Do you agree with that, and would you like to see him continue long-term? Maybe he's been doing too much, trying to impress too much by going all over the pitch, playing left, right through the middle. Would you like to see him consistently get a run in the team through the middle, or do you see his best position out wide?
3: I'd say him playing just off Graham gave us something else today, as in, if Graham didn't win the first ball, it wasn't a case of, and the midfield when he sent him, but it was a case of Murray's just going to come and pick up even when Murray was dropping in deep he was just drawing fouls, he was still direct he was still trying to get in towards the goal and like, like you said he was he was in between the box it was one of them where if on another day something else falls to him and he scores the first goal today was a case of him just being in the right position at the right time I, personally I thought Doherty was the first person to score because I seen his header go towards the goal and as the corner got taken saying We've not scored to a corner this season. This is coming to nothing. Dockett headed that into the ground and Murray ended up finishing it. But a lot of fans have slighted Murray recently and I've said that every every game he's played, he's contributing on a goal and it's it's finally good to see him get off the mark because him just playing off Graham, the way it worked today, and Montrose aren't any struggling team. They'll be there fifth or sixth this season. So it's a solid point. Another clean sheet, but good that we're getting other people apart from Graham scoring. And getting them off the mark because that's what we've lacked this season. Literally, if you look at it, none of our midfield, none of our wingers have chipped in, and league goals near enough apart from Murray and probably one other player. But it's it's finally good that we're getting other players on the score sheet, especially Murray because he is one that I've rated highly so far this season.
2: I I mentioned that last week as well. We need really need to start seeing more contributions from the other players. So it is good for Murray to get off and running, even though like as as today like Brian Graham was actually pretty quiet today. So. That's what we need and we need more of that because like, I still feel that we're not clinical enough. We still need to be converting more of our chances so hopefully that comes and starting next week against Dumbarton that would be brilliant.
3: Our game plan this season is to like, realistically cross balls into Graham and even punt balls long from the centre half to Graham but see when Graham doesn't win them. Murray's in that or oh, Murray was today in that wee pocket of space that Gordon should be in that Gordon in my opinion isn't. Today Murray was picking up those wee positions that and he was driving, and it was direct football. Everybody, nobody put a foot wrong in that squad today. I'd say he's a defensive unit today. Montrose have been averaging two goals a game, and I don't remember right having to make a save or right being at a point where I'm like, they should have scored there. Defensively, we were solid. I don't know how Richard Foster looks more comfortable on the left than he does on the right, but uh, this season, from so far, the last few games that I've kind of been able to tell, the left-back needs to be more of a defensive unit. Whereas, and just let Williamson go forward because Williamson is as good as any other attackers going forward. Williamson and Cardo on the right, as in, Williamson, you've got the freedom to go. And Brownley kind of sweeps, covers the right hand side, the centre half, Senna or McKenna or where. Senna, for me, start. Senna doesn't drop. Like, like, we've got two clean sheets in a row. Like, just keep the defence how it is because it's working. But the, the system we've got there now is working. You don't change a winning formation. And that's the thing that annoys me because. I look at aware is if they start I can't see them getting dropped whereas you don't change this defence which is that we've kind of got a winning backline system
0: I think the, the sort of back four that we're seeing now it's almost like what Celtic did three or four years ago and I'm not comparing this to Celtic in any way I don't think it's as, as easy on the eyes of that Celtic team but when Celtic had lost to Gontierney as a full back when they had the ball Lustig sort of tucked in to make it a back three at the back and that's almost what we're seeing Foster doing and that let Tierney fly down the left and obviously Williamson's doing that down the other side and I think it is a tactic that quite a lot of teams use it's a back four without the ball but when we've got the ball it almost turns into a back three with one flying full back and the other one just tucking in Jamie we've seen a few fans say that it wasn't the most entertaining one, but we did keep a clean sheet and we are, as we've discussed, do look like a good defensive unit at the moment does Entertainment matter. I know we've spoken about this in the podcast about a month ago. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think so. No, I mean, of course, I'd love to watch us play great
4: football, like the first uh, first division winning season and win games. But winning games when you don't play well makes champions. I mean, I don't think, I don't even think we played bad today. I mean, yes, the second half we tailed off, but I thought we were decent today. Maybe not our best, but we were still decent. I said after the Falker game when we dropped uh, two points at home, you need to win these kind of games when you're not at your best uh, if you actually want to. Be champions, and that's that's what we did today. I'd rather watch us win scrappy games than play well and lose. The the big thing we need to do regarding how we play is just become more clinical in front of goal. Always been one goal up, still with a nervy a nervy lead to have when we found that out this season twice already. At way to Cove. oh sorry not, uh, we found that out already this season at home to Falkirk, and obviously when I mean, we conceded a late goal, at Cove as well. We weren't winning, but we still did it. Uh, also, goal difference can end up being huge in a season. I mean, if you think about the season we came down from the Premiership where, when we finished behind Hamilton in the playoffs and we were only finished behind them on goal difference and that ended up getting us relegated and now we're in League One. So, you know, goal difference can come back to bite you and it could be a huge thing. So we really do need to get a bit more clinical in front of goal. But as long as we win, the um, majority of fans would say are happy with that. I mean, we're slowly climbing the table after a slow start. I know we're still four for last week, but we're leveling points at Airdrie now. We're looking far more of a team. Like you mentioned, Matt, it's finally great to have the same lineup two weeks running. Hopefully, it can become a settled lineup because no one deserves to be dropped from that team right now. Obviously, when Aware comes back, we'll be a bit more contention with centre back. But I think you said earlier, David, that I mean Senna's really he's got a case for himself to stay in that lineup, and I'm happy for what we're seeing.
1: I was going to say just about the entertainment value. I think as well, that you're at a disadvantage this season in terms of entertainment. You mentioned about you know does entertainment matter if we go up? I think the problem is is that if we, like, in a season where you go up, for example, you generally remember a lot of the memories. Like, you've got the Championship game where, like, the County and beef and the fog, you know, the Congo line at Falkirk, or things like that. And, like, not having fans there is going to sort of sully that. I, 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 As well as that, because this is League One, I mean, outside of, like, the Premiership and maybe, like, the Champions League and stuff like that, generally speaking, watching lockdown in football is generally just a lot more boring just because the players aren't good enough to kind of overcome the, the crowd, so to speak. So I think with that, it's, not, it's never going to be a proper, like, entertaining season like it would be, like, say, the championship winning season because, well, we're not there. You're not living it as much. Not, we're all going to be like, I remember when we beat Montreal 1-0, I was sitting in the house. Do you know what? It's not going to be that sort of season. Ultimately, it doesn't really matter because even, you know, even if we were playing entertaining, it's not going to be the full-fat promotion season. That you got a like the championship and stuff for that. It's it's not I'll really going
4: to be that. People might like disagree with what I'm saying, but I think in one of the best seasons in living uh, recent memory. Sorry, uh, the top six season. I don't think that we actually played great football all the time, but it was one of the best seasons we've had recently. Part of the reason we did so well that season is we ground out a lot of games, like winning one 0 up at Dundee away. You know, we that's just one memory after we think there was eight minutes stoppage time or something, and we just kind of ground out results that season. I mean, winning one 0 against Motherwell at home, we were just we were just good at grinding out results. We didn't—I don't think we beat anybody convincingly that season. But we just—we were just good at grinding out results. And if we can do that again this season and win the league, then I, I don't see at the end of the season people being like, "Oh, it wasn't—it wasn't a great season. We didn't score enough goals." Of course, it'd be good to score goals. But as I said, that top six season—one of the best seasons in recent memories—and I—I don't think we actually played great in all those games. We did sometimes, but we were good at grinding out results. And if we can do that again, that—that that makes for a good season. If we actually, I'm talking about like after full time, people, some people you see complaining about the result. I just mean that like if we do get one 0s and two ones and stuff, then I'm I'm always happy at full time with the result. It just the wins are the main thing, but obviously we do we need to get more clinical. We're not scoring enough goals, and we need to get bigger leads. But in general, after at full time, it's another one goal lead, a uh, one goal win. Uh, same with the Airdrie game, we won by one goal. I'm I'm just happy
5: with the three points.
0: I agree with you, Jamie. I think when you look back on seasons, you look back on the big moments and. As you said, the top six people are back on dueling, getting us hundred goals. The wins that got us the top six, even the promotion seasons, the big moments, the the Craigan goal. We didn't really play free flowing football in that Martin game too much. It was more about grinding out, and that's what people remember. The big moments, and if we win the league this season by grinding out one and two nil wins, that's what people re- will remember. People won't remember a nice free-flowing move that we had and we missed a chance or something. People remember the big moments of winning the league and if that's a 30-yard screamer or a tap it doesn't matter, as long as we win the league or go up. That is the priority this season. David, I know that. Jamie mm. and mantry and maybe Rhys as well, we've all said this episode that we'd stick with the same 11 next week. Would you
1: agree? To be honest, I can't really see a case against it. It's not like we've got miraculously everybody back out of injuries and stuff like that. i don't see much of a case in terms of moving about we've went for the same lineup for two weeks and it's worked and you know for the games that are coming up stick with the solidity of that of that lineup because again it's against Barton and Peterhead like we can grind out results against these teams and I think when you have that sort of gelled set and again having Senna and Brownley together it will, it will be immeasurable for Senna and I think absolutely you should be keeping the same team
0: Reese, next week we're playing Dumbarton and it's going to be a battle to see who can who can name the most subs. I think we've both struggled to name full substitutes, Benji's this season. What are your hopes for next week's game? What do you want to see from the team? Ideally,
2: first and foremost, three points. We're playing at home. We've been really good at home this season. And we're using the large surface for how our advantage with the likes of Williamson getting forward. I'd like to see us score more goals. I'd like to see us maybe get three goals, four goals, five goals plus. But as we've mentioned, the win is the most important thing, so if it's 1-0, so be it, but three points is a must, as as we've already mentioned, every game is, basically every game this season is a cup final, what is it, 19 games we've got left, something along those lines, it's a shortened season, so three points every week, that is what you need, so when you don't pick up three points, you're gutted, and you start thinking, hey, we've chucked it man, but we're in and about the pack now, we're four points off top, so as I mentioned last week, we need to win the next two games we've got left, going into the Falkirk game, so, Things are looking good at the minute, starting to really look up the league. Manpreet, we spoke on this podcast after the draw at home to Falkirk
0: about the importance of the next five league games. We're two games into that run of five, we've won them both, Three, three uh, with uh, two clean sheets, obviously three in a row in all competitions. Where have you seen the side improve since the first three or four league games?
3: Defensively, 100%. That the games that we've had the last five after Falkirk, that the games that are going to the can we pull away from the rest? and we've been solid defensively, we're scoring goals, we're creating chances, and I think any Thistle fan could have said, we should probably have been turning up, or well, we should have been three or four up against these five, today if we were turning up at half-time, I wouldn't have said that's undeserved, but it's just them, just a case of putting away our chances, and killing games off early, but if I was to say, where well, have we improved, Ryan Williamson is well we've improved, as in the difference he gives us, and even at the back, she's so just been solid at the back, and not having to worry about a mistake, or, just, just at the back, I just feel so much more assured that even towards the end of the game today, I wasn't comfortable. Right, nobody was comfortable, but I didn't at once feel as if they're going to score, they're going to score, they're going to score. Whereas Falkirk at home, you were always like a punt going to Sam and he's going to score. Blah blah blah. Cove away, you were always on edge just because it's Cove. Airdrie at home, even though it's two one, you were still on edge. Whereas now you're like we're kind of seeing out games, you are kind of soliding out games, but we need to build on that. Need to start killing off teams.
0: Uh, Jamie, we had a listener question from uh, Ross Alexander. We've obviously spoken about the starting 11. I think we're all pretty happy with that today and we'd go with the same one next week. But he's asked why did Blair Lyons not be given an opportunity, even a run out in the second half, uh, given that he's got a knowledge of Montrose, he knows the ground, he knows the players, things like that. Would you like to have seen him come on today?
4: Maybe a bit earlier in the game, towards the end of the game. I don't think he was really needed to come on because we we're just trying to see out the game more. But maybe a bit earlier in the game, in like the 70th minute, he might have, could have possibly come on. But I want to see him get more game times. I've been uh, I've been saying that pretty much in every podcast I'm on, that I want to see him get more game times. I know McCall said he was struggling to come, like, kind of catch up to full-time football. He wasn't used to it yet. He didn't really make the transition as well as he'd hoped. But I think one of the best ways to get him, and get him used to it is to give him more game time. And It's just a shame to see him sitting on the bench. I know people said they weren't exactly impressed with him when he played against Morton, but I thought he grew into the game more. I want to see him get a bit more game time. So hopefully he can come off the bench against uh, Dumbarton. I mean, if say if we're playing Dumbarton and hopefully we're more clinical next week and we were like three 0 up, two nil up with like twenty to go or something, then it'd be good. That'd be a great time to bring him on. Just try so he's not under pressure can just do his uh, play his game. Hopefully, because he's meant to be a good player at this level. He got double figures last season, so he definitely will be an asset. It's just, it looks like he's just having to bide his time to get into the team, unfortunately.
2: I agree with Jamie. Like, I think the reason that he actually isn't getting any game time, same with Charlie Riley and that, is because McCall is a bit tentative to change things up when the scoreline is so tight, so if if we do get 2-3-0 no, up get at home to Dumbarton, then you could
3: see these guys introduced. It's a case of that I think Lines will get to showcase when we do take the chances, the 3-4 chances we're creating in the first half, that if we're 2-0 up, 3-0 up and say coming in the second half, you give Lines the whole second half to grow into it but at 1-0 even at 2-0 I'm not I'm not comfortable to bring on players that are still trying to get up to speed and mine has been the unfortunate player that you know the potential's there you know what he's got you know what he can do but because he struggled to adapt to full-time football one of them where McCall can't really risk him
0: two or three games in a row Joining us this week for a special interview Jamie McDonald was joined by ex-Thistle goalkeeper and icon Thomas Cherney
4: Today I'm joined by a very memorable ex-player, he spent three seasons with the Jags, making 105 appearances and was a big part of our memorable top six squad, Thomas Czerny. Hello Thomas, how are you doing? Hi, yeah I'm fine, fine, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad, I'm not too bad. So basically we're just going to chat a little bit about your career and your time at Thistle. So I was just going to start by asking, uh, when growing up did you always want to be a goalkeeper?
5: Uh, well, my dad brought me to the first skating when I was four or five and yeah, always kind of gravitated to position, so I started the goals very early. As time progressed, I kind
4: of played up front a little bit as well, but it was always uh, that kind of gravitation to being a goalkeeper, and it was a position I kind of enjoyed most. Right, fair enough, because obviously a lot of people probably want to play outfield a lot, but um, being in goals is more of an unusual thing to kind of grow up to be. Uh, I was wondering, uh, when you were growing up, who was your footballing idol?
5: Yeah, I think that's something that kind of changed over time so when I was you know very young I think uh, Peter Baia I was you know Barcelona and, and, and so he would have been probably one of my first uh, kind of idols and then Peter Schmeichel and, and as time progressed was Jan Luigi Buffon and, and later on Petr Cech yeah so I had a, quite a few over the years um, and I think that was a part of the things. me I remember my first kind of memories of watching a football with uh, my dad was uh, probably 1990 World Cup, and just watching goalkeepers there, and then there was Peter Schmeichel playing for Denmark when they won the European Championships. Um, so I think the goalkeepers, you know, kind of inspired me to become a uh, a goalkeeper myself. Yeah, just something I really enjoyed from from the early age keep the ball out
4: of the net. When you first arrived in Scottish football, uh, you were on loan at Hamilton Academico before later making the move permanent. How did the move to Scottish football come about? Playing football back home for a team called Sigma Olmos. I had a really good start there. I joined the first team when I was only 17. I was involved in European trips then and played Dortmund in Hamburg. I remember a trip to Spain in Zaragoza. So my kind of career there started really, really well, and just even being on the bench at the age of 17 uh, for you know at the time uh, it was one of the top clubs in the country, usually
5: I've kind of top three, top four finish. It was brilliant, but there was an experienced uh, goalkeeper in his kind of mid 30s was involved in the national team as well, so it was very difficult to uh, to get chance in the first team, and I, I think I only ended up playing one full game. Uh, in the top, top division there. And I got to kind of age where I was 21, 22. I was in the Czech Public Under 21 national squad. Uh, but found, still finding it really difficult to, to make the breakthrough um, in the first team. Um, and I felt it kind of coincided. I just finished my first degree that summer. And, um, and I grew ever more frustrated with, you know, not, not getting a chance in the first team. And I thought I have to do something and change something. And that's how I, you know, ended up in, in Scotland and through a series of kind of coincidences and, and, um, and just different people. I ended up playing a, a game as a childist and you could, you could a spark. And, and after Billy saw me for a few days, he, he decided to sign me. And that's how I uh, yeah, ended up in, in Scotland and Hamilton.
4: Obviously, you ended up playing for a few club in Scotland. Uh, you signed for Thistle in 2015 after a one year spell at Hibs. Uh, how did the move to Thistle come about and what sold you on the club? That was kind of towards the end of the season. I was with Hibs. Um, Hibs offered me another contract. Um, at the time, I was just constantly signing, and then Alan Archibald called me. Um, it was quite unexpected. Yeah, and he just said that I would be interested in joining the club. Um, you know, they were in the Premiership. At the time, while hips were in the championship, and I, I felt I had a better chance playing every week if I moved to Thistle at the time. And, uh, at that point, I was 30 years old and my priority was to play every week and to play, uh, at the highest level. So, and Thistle offered me that and, and, and that was, uh, really attracted me. And just having a couple of conversations with, uh, with Gaffer, with Alan felt like a right thing to do at the time and, and I'm, I'm so glad I, I I did it. In all your three seasons at the club you played under Alan Archibald. Uh, what sort of a manager was he like to play under? Nothing. I think he was great you know he was very very hard working he was very honest with the players um, you know I think especially the first two seasons uh, when I was there um, the team was playing well uh, obviously Gaffer got all the plaudits for it and rightly and so and, and obviously had a couple of First to, to to move at that time as well, and um, decided to stay. Unfortunately, after our third season, I think the, the balance in the team changed a bit, and, and the results were not coming, and and that's when you start kind of questioning everything. Used to you question the players, you question the managers, the methods that worked, you know, in the previous years uh, suddenly now not working. But uh, you know, from my experience working with him, uh, I think he's a very good coach and and very good manager. Um just I think uh, as a group of players I think uh, we uh, probably let them down that season and should have done better uh, on to one of the things you were well known for in your time at Fahel was your ability to save penalties uh, how are you so good at keeping your cool when facing a player from the spot? Um, well especially for during uh, you know, the time at Tessila I have to give team and just kind of discussed it together during the week and, and before the game so I always kind of had an idea about uh, what might happen and then yeah I think it just gives you a, a better chance um, and then you need a little bit of luck that you know the, you just going the right way and, and and making that save but yeah I definitely give a lot of credit to, to Kenny for that uh, obviously during your time festival you made a lot of uh, stunning saves that are well remembered like you made a Quite a few in your debut against Hamilton. You made a uh, big game. We got top six against Motherwell. You made some great saves. And uh, I remember this game at Tyne Castle, You made a lot of good saves. Just, uh, do you have a favourite save from your time at Thistle that you remember the best, or?
5: Yeah, I think definitely the kind of whole week that uh, secured uh, the top six finish when played, um, you know, scouted at home and. and and Douws scored two goals. That was his hundredth and hundredth first goal, and we turned the game around, and that really put us into the kind of pole position for the top six finish. And then maybe we went to play Celtic on Wednesday night, did a thing, and then they just became um, become a um, uh, champions, and, and you know the whole the parkhead was bouncing, and there was you know all this kind of park atmosphere, and uh, I think they were expecting uh, an, an easy win. And, Managed uh, to to get that one one each throw, and, and I saved a penalty from Sinclair, so that'll be probably one of
4: the you know kind of in terms of importance and in terms of you know the, the magnitude uh, that'll be one of the best saves and of course and the, the Saturday against Motherwell when when we finally secured the top six finish, yeah I, th- I think that the uh, save from the header was probably up there uh, in terms of the the best saves I made for the for the club. Uh, talking of the top six season, I mean you were a huge part of that squad. Uh, it was a massive achievement for the club. I mean, what were your memories of such a successful season?
5: Yeah, there's brilliant memories from that, and and you know probably the best, uh, you know, again one of the best moments I experienced in football. Um, you know the, the the table was very tight until the end, and there was a few points being, you know, from the from the kind of relegation battle and, and and a few points to 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 manage the top six, and I think we we had a very good season overall I felt we were you know solid there was a lot of clean sheets in that season um so very enjoyable in that that respect and then you know I kind of final final push to finish 6 um
4: just wondering, since leaving Festival you've obviously joined Aberdeen, where you've uh, been there since the 2018-19 season. How have you found your time at Petardre? It's been great to, to you know, to be part, uh, to be part of a, a huge club as Aberdeen. I have a top class kind of training facilities, so I feel like privileged to you know come, come here every day, and and the setup is, is unbelievable. The best I've experienced in my whole career, so it's kind of nice to, to experience that. So I feel it's a privilege to, to be still involved at this this level at my age. Um still being involved in European football in summer and then cup semifinals and finals uh, with the club is just slightly different different perspective. Of course sometimes it is frustrating not getting uh, not getting games regularly. But I just try to focus on my role here and the part I have to play and each occasion I uh, I play the game, I think I did well and uh, you know and that's that's all I can uh, I can do, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's been a good good experience. Uh, it's something I'm always interested in, but uh, have you considered going into coaching and management once your career has finished? Well, um, I've done two degrees during my my playing career, and my kind of plan A is uh, to become a PE teacher, and that, that would be my my main main focus uh, once I. Once I finish playing. But of course, eh, I would very much love to uh, stay involved in football. Um, I'm thinking something on the lines of maybe having my goalkeeping academy where I'd be able to, again, give something back and kind of use my you know, experience uh, from, you know, I've, I've been involved in professional football for the last 20 years. Play top-flight football in four different countries against the, the, the coaching styles are slightly different. I worked under so many different goalkeeping coaches over the years. So I think I have a lot to offer and a lot of experience uh, that I can pass on to, to the kids and to the young goalkeepers. And, and That's something I would yeah, love to do if I Have that opportunity. Well, I mean, it's been great talking to you, Thomas. Thank you very much for coming on and sparing your time and good luck for the rest of the season at Aberdeen.
5: No problem at all. Thank you. Thank you for for inviting me.
0: Thanks for joining us on Draw, Lose or Drop. We'll be back next week to look back on our home game against Dumbarton and look ahead to our trip to Forfa. As always, stay safe and wear a mask.